always wanted to know who the best player was on tour simply because I wanted to actually work as hard. And then I ran into a, a little guy by the name of George Knudsen out of Canada. And I watched him hit the golf ball. I watched him with the white stand, making the club back way inside, releasing the club. One of the greatest ball strikers I'd ever seen. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the McKellar Golf Podcast, the second podcast of the week because it's been a pretty busy week in the world of golf, uh, professional, amateur and elsewhere. Uh, Jeff, Jeff Shackelford, how are you doing, my co-host, Jeff? Oh, I'm doing well. I mean, not as well as John Rahm's agent and accountant, but I'm I'm uh, hanging in there. <laughs> That's quite a good joke for you. Uh, yeah, yeah I you know. reconvened on this Friday morning, uh, the day after it was uh, declared official that John Rahm is off to live golf for, well, pick your number, 200, 300, 400, 500, 600 million, whatever it is. Uh, the best guess I've had, it was not any better than most other people's guesses, is 100 million up front, 50 million a year for however many years it is, four years, and the rest is topped up by this uh, fantasy um, golf team franchise uh, uh, figure, uh, 25% of, of a team. I'm guessing there will be a new John Ram team, uh, Jeff. Given that there are so many other names floating around, um, what do you think? Yeah, yeah, I would put Tony Fee now probably likely on that team, the way things are uh, looking. And knowing that that's one of uh, John's uh, friends on the tour and uh, is somebody who uh, they would love to have, somebody who has probably peaked and uh, would love to cash in um, while he still has some uh, value. And uh, uh, maybe somebody from the Callaway uh, uh, stable. I think that was the most shocking part of all this. And I'm really fascinated just from a pure business story perspective to see uh, what, what, how Callaway, uh, what the reaction is to Callaway's reported uh, equity stake in this team as well. I, uh, I'm, I'm shocked, to be honest. Uh, they are such a conservative uh, company now under uh, Chip Brewer, having uh, jettisoned uh, Harry Arnett, who, uh, you know, full disclosure, I did some stuff with them. They were, uh, you know, trying to trying to be the uh, little, little looser, spunkier brand. And they've gone kind of back to their their uh, older ways. And, and they're kind of kind of bland, to be honest with you, but they're safe. And so this is I don't see this as a very. I saw that as an odd risk for them to take. So uh, I, I, but we don't know the specifics. And uh, but that's a, to me that was a big thing for Live to land a corporation uh, as part of a team element because I think that's part of what they 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 want in this franchise building uh, dream or I don't know what you want to call it concept dream that they stole from the the Premier Golf League people and. It's a validation. It's just more of what they want with sport washing to uh, to get that corporate validation. The uh, there, there was a list of names kicking around last night. I guess if we were attention seekers, we would tell you sort of see who they were. <laughs> but uh, I'm, I, I mean, you go through the list of Callaway players. Anyway, one name was on the, that list that was floating around last night, Jeff. Again, I'm not teasing people. I'm sure if you yeah. looked hard enough, you would find it. I was astonished. If that that particular golfer went, that would uh, that would blow my mind. It would I think it would blow a lot of people's minds. Uh, it's not Rory McIlroy, incidentally. No. Uh, anyway, uh, we will uh, we'll circle around, Jeff. I guess we should start with the the Ram quotes. Well, firstly, he went on Fox News. Yeah. So you were out. I, I don't, I, you were out playing golf, and I had to watch this 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 uh, debacle. Uh, so yeah, Fox News. What a way to launch well, the uh, the big I, I announcement. I, I don't understand the branding, uh, the marketing element of that. I mean, why would you? It seems unnecessarily provocative, but maybe that's what uh, that that was the intention. A really odd one, Brett Bear. Uh, was it Brett Bear? I think he was a false yeah. ghost. It was. I, I watched it afterwards. It was pretty odd. Uh, anyway, listen. Here's the the relevant Ram quotes. Uh, we'll go through this. Uh, I've been very happy, but there's a lot of things that Live Golf has to offer that were very enticing. The past two years have been a lot of evolving in the game. Things have changed a lot, and so have I. 
seeing the growth and evolution and innovation is something that's captured my attention, and that's why we're here today. Um, there's all, all the stuff, other stuff about I mean, the one that really got me. I mean, I really like John Ram. He's always struck me. <laughs> I think you do too, as a yeah. very credible, super impressive guy. I mean, so articulate in his second language, um, and so thoughtful, and really, um, you know, seem to be motivated by the best intentions. Um, but here we are, it's been boiled down at this stage. Live golf aren't even trying with the talking points. I mean, imagine putting the phrase "grow the." It's all about growing the game in John Ram's mouth. It's. Uh, imagine John Ram parroting it. I was really disappointed. I mean, I don't know how you felt about. What oh, you had to say it was. It was. It was grotesque. It was pathetic. It was embarrassing. I was embarrassed for him. Uh, uh, you know, we throughout this live has um, had a had talking points, and I was just shocked that he peddled. He peddled not only grow the game, but he also wheeled out the family, you know, the the just, you know, having enough resources, uh, you know, essentially it's a it's a version of the put put food on the table uh, nonsense that you hear. And you when you know the dollar figures, just insulting. I mean, absolutely insulting. Um, he was more frank, oddly, I guess, on the call with reporters about. Yeah, great offer. It just yeah, just an amazing offer. I, I'm not yeah. I, it, on with a camera in front of him and Brett Bear's tone, which was, I mean, it was practically a funeral. I I don't think I over exaggerated that when I told you on the phone how it how it was. Right, it was awkward. Right, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was so yeah. it's just quiet and weird and and I I think it was slapped together because <clears throat> it sounds like this negotiation was wrapping up right to the end from from the uh, live uh, fanboy accounts on Twitter that that had inside uh, inside Intel so that might have been the reason that uh, that say ESPN wasn't an option um and because ESPN has had hockey on and other stuff and, uh, and 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 let's face it you know the Fox is a friendly network to uh the kingdom Brett went over there and did that interview with the the, the Crown Prince they they seem to want to be uh buddy buddies so that's that's their thing i guess you know uh authoritarians are uh attractive to them and that's what they did so but it was just so weird and the stupid jacket that everybody made fun of but whatever you know what he made the move the money's ridiculous um i don't i don't uh at this point he, he the money's been legitimized by the pga tour so that argument's just kind of over in a lot of ways for a lot of people but john don't don't give us grow the game. Gosh, you're just. Yeah. You, I thought you were better than that. Uh, yeah, as I say, I've really. Uh, this is. I mean, as a very interested and ver- observer in the world of PR, this has been an awful week. You're seeing all this terrible PR going on. Oh, um, here we go. Yeah, here yeah, we go. yeah. And well, no, seriously. But uh, again, work on your talking points, uh, guys that live golf, guys and gals that live golf. Um, I'm guessing uh, ESPN, you couldn't do that because the relationship between the tour and ESPN, they have the streaming on ESPN plus. Eh, they do, uh, but it's yeah. news. It's news. They, if, um, if they had, if they were on sports center or they had time to, 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 to be you know, on a show where this would work, they would have done it. But uh, I think they just, you know, it was a big day yesterday. They had uh basketball uh, build up for this stupid in-season tournament <laughs> and they had to hype. And then they, I think they had hockey and uh, stuff on. So they, they, I, mean, uh, I just feel like the whole thing was kind of, he's flew. It really came together quickly, which of course is also intriguing about what does that what mean in terms of uh, the negotiation? How do you read into that with this? Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. So um, if the negotiations were, if it was, if the launch was slightly slapdash and, uh, you know, not especially thought thought through, I, I I wonder what was, you know, what took so long? You know, what if it was coming down to the last minute? Goodness knows what was, uh, what was under negotiation. Well, it's a significant package. So I, I'm sure that, uh, I, I think he did kind of uh, imply in one of the, interviews let's see was it on fox yeah it was fox it wasn't the conference call with the writers i don't believe where he essentially uh made clear this 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 all happened in a i think in the last three weeks it's i'm not i'm not 
that is not the number he gave, but the way he uh, made it sound, it sounds like it was all a post Ryder cup thing. He was still very much in the place he was in. So that tells me that they, they came back to him. They, you know, you were the person who spotted the vibe of him at the Ryder cup that you sensed, you know, that sort of taking the backseat to Rory thing. <laughs> it was weird for him. You told me that, uh, when we were watching the event and I just, uh, I think you just couple that with everything that's going on and, 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 and obviously, Hey, if they do make a deal, well, why not cash in, take the money. Uh, and then if they make a deal, uh, great. So I think he he probably put all that together and uh, and and then we know that yeah I put it in my newsletter roundup of this or my write up of this Lawrence that had he defended his title at the American Express defended his title of course at the Genesis which was a signature event uh, here in L A yep. but um and then played the hometown waste management and all the required signature events he would have played seven of 14 weeks heading into the masters next year. Um, and I'm not saying that was in any way, uh, an immediate part of this decision, but I think he has been pretty clear that, that with this, uh, man, these mandatory start starts on the tour and his desire to, uh, play internationally, go back to Spain every year. It's too much. It's just too much. Uh, uh, because he prioritizes the major still. So, yeah, uh, I think that a lot of things came together and the money's ridiculous and, uh, he, he, he took it and, uh, I think he'll, uh, I think he'll regret it, but, but who knows? We'll see. Uh, the, uh, the reference to the Ryder Cup, the great Kyle Porter posted, uh, a little excerpt from that pre Ryder Cup. Yeah, um, that was a great the, catch. The European team, <laughs> that was a phenomenal catch. He does great, great work. Yeah. So uh, if you haven't seen that, you're listening to us and you haven't seen that, go to Kyle Porter's. Uh, well, just Twitter explain it. And you'll... Well, it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a European team pre tournament press conference. I think it goes on and on. And I think, I don't know how many questions were asked before they got to John Ram. I think Rory had answered 12 questions or whatever. And eventually, yeah, 11. somebody said yeah. somebody uh, somebody spotted John Ram in the back row, sitting with his head down, thinking, "What, what, the, <laughs> what the hell am I doing here?" I think yeah. even Rory. I think you could overhear Rory and think, "My goodness, has been asked a you know has been asked a question and uh, best player in the world." Uh, so I think there was even embarrassment on Rory's part. So he's self aware enough to to have spotted that. Yeah, it was uh, very telling. Actually, again, I've said this a million times, but there's been clues. Uh, all through the year, to be honest, I think Ram has, especially post Masters, obviously, um, Ram has. I'm not saying he was been in the huff, but there's certainly been clues as to uh, to that would indicate that he was wasn't quite happy with the way that that he was being viewed by certainly by the tour and and through the whole of the, the negotiations phase. Well, you could. I mean, he dropped it in occasionally in these pre-tournament press conferences. Well, first I've heard of that. Yeah, nobody yeah. asked me. It's been all, all over the place. So, yeah, the uh, the the actual number, Jeff. I guess we should get to that. It's, there is. I mean, it's not unique in the current uh, landscape of professional golf. The number is no way justifiable in any economic sense. No, it's just silly, isn't it, John? I mean, John Ram, whatever it is, three four hundred million. Is anybody are any more people going to watch uh, live golf uh, because John Ram is there? Clearly not. Uh, well, perhaps the numbers will be minuscule if if anybody does. It, in no way justifiable economically. So, in your view, what what do you think is going on? Well, I I I I think a few more people will watch, and I but I think more importantly, what you're getting with that number is you're you're just eating away at the at the tour, and you're building something. Uh, it's never going to work financially. Uh, we know what it costs to put on a golf tournament. Uh, we know how the TV rights world is right now, and their product has now been seen. And it is uh, massively flawed uh, in terms of the the television viewing experience, uh, uh, with the with the with the, the annoying background thumping DJ music. You um, sound no, like an old man. No, it really is. It's obnoxious, and I don't care if I sound like an old man. It's ridiculous, and it's intentional. By the way, they think 
they think I've heard from the TV side that the TV side knows how grating it is to an to an, an audience. I mean, just pipe the music into the broadcast. If you, it's that's less annoying than than that that sound of the you know the person who's got the bass too high that's two doors down from you and it just won't go away. So uh, they can't they haven't sold many ads. Uh, so maybe that'll pick up. You know, there's just a, the sustainability of the concept isn't there. But we know that that's not the priority with uh, the the kingdom. So I think it's a, yeah, if they were going to give a billion or 3 billion, whatever the number is to the tour, they're, they're just, just putting that back into their, their thing, uh, landing him, landing some other people. And uh, it makes sense, I guess, if you think about how they approach things, but I think we know there is uh when the money's like this, it just takes an edge away from the proceedings or from the intrigue of watching and rooting for people. And we know that the beauty of the PGA tour sometimes is when that person who uh, has a life changing week and check uh, is going up against a, a player like John Rom, that there's something about that. That's really special and live just, just doesn't and won't ever have that. Uh, and of course, if you know he's getting fifty million a year, uh, uh, I, I, there's just something you can't quite put a finger on that gets lost in that kind of golf. So we'll uh, we'll see. Uh, and you know, world ranking points, all the things that they want. I don't know what that's gonna what's gonna change, but but John doesn't care because he's in the open and the PGA through twenty seven and the. U.S. Open through 31 and the Masters till he's 65. So that part of his career is all set for, uh, and you know he's going to, I mean, I just, you got to think he's going to win another one here in the next few years. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's wild and it's uh, bizarre. And I thought the other thing that was really fascinating was how quickly Rory uh, jumped out there to, to make clear he's going to be on the Ryder Cup team. And so I read that as that was just one more thing with the distance announcement, with the story we read yesterday, which we're probably going to talk about by uh, Michael Rosenberg. And uh, there was some other reporting out there, too, of the Patrick Cantlay takeover. And what we've also known that Rory and Rahm are international golfers. They may They may not, you know, they may not be the tightest of friends, but Rory did speak to him recently. And, uh, I think, you know, Rory just realized, Holy cow, I don't want to be a part of, I don't want to be a part of where this is going. And, uh, so, and I think in a weird way, he, he's not, I, he supports some of John's, uh, issues, uh, with, uh, the way things have been handled and with, um, uh, just kind of the, the lack of the global perspective that the tour has. The uh, yeah, the, the Rory thing was clearly part of a pack. It was with uh, the guy from Sky, Jamie Weir. Uh, it was clearly part of a package recorded early, early in the week. It obviously right. done an interview and, and cut it up. So it was quite. I was quite. I was laughing to myself that Rory had said all this before the Ram announcement. So well, I think the, he the, he knew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he's known. Um, he's known at least a week. I bet. Uh, so yeah, so he so clearly Rory knew. Yeah, it was pretty generous words from from Rory. Uh, the one thing, <laughs> clearly a, a very obvious point: you know, the Ryder Cup rules are going to have to change. That was kind of obvious enemy, you'd have to think. Um, certainly for the European team. Um, but, but the one phrase that struck me from Rory, um, I love. I mean, I, you know, I I think you're a huge Rory fan. I'm a huge Rory fan. But he did mention that it's time for to let bygones be bygones. And I, that really kind of struck out in me uh, you know, for a couple of reasons. One, I think Rory has clearly has read the room um, and the way that the drift is going here. Uh, the other thing was uh, he perhaps if he wants bygones to be bygones, he should maybe uh, being at the forefront of trashing live for all those months. And, uh, you know, he might want to you know, deliver some kind of mea culpa. Um, or, or not an apology is the wrong Why? word, but a re a, well, for a recognition. I mean, if he is, he's identified this uh, fracture in the world of golf. This, um, uh, you know, the uh, the animosity on both sides. Well, I'm, I'm afraid that he has been part of it. 
you know, and, ve and a very, very willing and active part of it. And there's no, that's fine. Uh, I mean, we're all allowed to change our minds, uh, but you can't spend, you can't spend the best part of a year or over a year to trashing your opponents. And then when you're clearly losing, wow. you can't turn around yeah. and say it's time for, to let bygones be bygones. He's absolutely right. Um, but you know, he will be part of that process. If that's what he wants, he needs to be part of that process. Not giving Rory any free PR advice, but uh, and I'm sure he can work all this stuff out for himself. But uh, and part of that yesterday, his very conciliatory tone and admiring tone, and oh, everything right by the way about John Ram. I think it's maybe part of that process. Um, so uh, you know, and I guess that you are right. Uh, he, he didn't align himself with Ram yesterday, but it was quite telling. You know how supportive he was. I thought and. You know, and it, it spoke to me certainly about where Rory might be in terms of his relationship with the PGA Tour. Obviously, he's he's, he's going to stay in some way, shape, or form with the PGA Tour. But, but you know, he seems to be um, he seems to be fastening a detachment. That's pretty clear to me. Agree? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would agree. I I just think we. I think you have to look at uh, yeah his interest in Formula One. Those comments he made after attending. The race, and I'm just, I don't want to beat this one to death, but I really feel like <clears throat> this, this um, just completely different vision of what uh, the, the traveling circus should be. Which, should it be one that just goes to the United States or should it be one that goes around the world? And, um, and I, I, I think he's just got a little of, uh, he'll never say it and because he'll just hear nothing but crap, but I think he's just got a little bit of an, an America fatigue. I think he loves it here and, 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 uh, he, he loves the PGA tour and he think and I'm sure he still thinks live is kind of stupid the way they do things, but I think he and John are in agreement that they should be, um, yeah. a more global entity. Yeah. The, uh, another triumph for uh, Jim Monahan's leadership uh, to alienate oh, his geez. most valuable asset. Oh my God. But we'll come on to that. Yeah. I will remember, I don't know if I've mentioned this before, God, it's over. It's 12, 13, I don't know. It's a long time ago. Um, the world match play in Tucson. I can't remember what was going on. What came up, the tennis was going to try and get more global. And I can't Somebody said that's garbage. And Rory went straight on Twitter and he was advocating for a world tour when he was a kid. <laughs> well, yeah. a relative kid when he was 20, 20, year old, 20 years old. And I'm guessing his, uh, his views on that haven't changed. Perhaps we'll have him on to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, I. I asked you earlier, Rod, what do you think is going on? I meant in the broader sense, um, I guess it's a case of Occam's razor, uh, Jeff. Um, why has Liv done this? Uh, why have they splashed out all this kind, this money uh, when we are uh, uh, supposedly near the deadline for the um, the consolidation of the framework agreement? The obvious answer is, uh, is that we're not near the uh, consolidation of the framework agreement. I'm guessing Liv is clearly a leverage ploy. But I wonder if they are preparing for a world in which uh, there is no agreement between itself and the PGA Tour. Seems pretty obvious to me that that's what, what's going on. Yasser has many things, but he is certainly not stupid. Um, why would he spend this money if he didn't feel there was a need to spend this money, or that he didn't feel there was a need to make a point? Um, so I, I'm guessing we can. Uh, are we saying the framework agreement is done? Is this the, the the indication that it is done, or is this just a leverage, simply a leverage ploy? If it is a leverage ploy, my goodness, it's a pretty expensive leverage ploy. Uh, the, the, the PIF bought Newcastle United, the English Premier League team, for I think it was $305 million. They're paying more for John Ram. It's quite astonishing. Well, they're paying $100 million up front, we think, based on, on one of their uh, fanboy accounts that seem to be pretty dialed in. And then, and then so if this thing collapses, if they decide to shut down Live Golf in a year. They've they've paid him maybe 150 million if they pay him 50 million this year. So I I I I think it's a win win if you, just from a pure business standpoint that they've uh, sent a message if nothing else. But I don't think after being told three weeks of the deal would be done, uh, and here we are, uh, almost six months later. No, we are, yeah, uh, almost six months later, and. Uh, it's not happening. The signs are there. The signs are that there are a group of of top players on the tour who don't want to deal do a deal with them, don't want to play around the world, don't want to play team golf, on and on and on. And so they went, okay, 
we're uh, we're gonna just kind of march forward here, and that's what they're doing. And uh, I think it's it's uh, uh, this though, as you know, I feel that John Rom's just different than any player they've lured. It's just it's just a totally different beast, and I think this just now uh, leads to a, a kind of a series of of major major questions about the uh, the tour, questions from their broadcast partners, questions from their sponsors. Uh, as they're trying to hit them up for more money, it's just wow. I I think it's it's so different than Cameron Smith. It's just not even not even close to the same thing. And uh, he is a different different type of player. Um, <clears throat> but you know, he also. Um, I mean, again, I'm just shaking my head at that. The jacket. Did you see Ben Walton of Golf I just caught. <clears throat> you know, he's a photo a photographer and a photo editor. That that he that he they he like loosened the watch or he had an extra large watch and he pulled it up you know up 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 his hand so that in the photos with Greg Norman, uh you know and Greg's in his uh, Secret Service sharpshooter uh, outfit you know <laughs> so that you could see his watch you're just like oh gosh, jeez you guys are I mean is there just ever a day is there ever an hour where you're not just 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 being all about money like my gosh and and it really is wearing people out and i guess that's the bigger question that that none of these people i mean you're seeing it today i saw there's some commentaries i haven't read them yet they just seem all oblivious to 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 how much they're turning people off uh and we've we've watched it develop and it was a fun little business story for a while and now it's just pure fatigue at the greed and the uh, did you? I mean, like, thankfully, finally, Mackenzie Hughes. Finally, we got another player that came and spoke up, uh, you know, with some common sense stuff on Twitter. There have been a few, but not many, Lawrence. Not many. Yeah. Um, and can I just touch briefly on on Liv and just how serious they are about this? Uh, clearly, how serious they are about this uh, Liv Golf Enterprise because they bought Newcastle United for three hundred and five million, and they nickel. I mean, there was some you know, regulatory stuff they had to get through, but which they basically bullied the British government to get it through. Uh, but they nickled and dined on the price. 305 million for a Premier League team is a is an absolute steal. And the reason I say that the, the Premier League recently signed new um they signed new broadcast deal rights. I think the number was six point seven billion. Oof. Um which is uh you know obviously Newcastle that doesn't all go in Newcastle, but they are one of the uh, the top teams uh, they, you know, the top five team. I think I think the fifth in the league right now. So that is, uh, you know, so they've nickels and dimed at the front end, and my goodness, the return is already astonishing. But they obviously have to invest on a on a, on a yearly basis in Newcastle United, but the return is quite astonishing. But here we are; they're investing similar amounts in one player that they that they use to buy Newcastle United. Goodness knows, uh, they must see an incredible return, or their their vision for control of professional golf stretches out for decades, because it will take them decades to make a return on the money that they have already spent. Um, so they are here. I think they are here to stay. I think that this this to me is certainly an indication that uh, if there is a deal still on the table between the PG Tour and Live Golf, it is very much. I mean, the weight of that deal is very much shifted towards Live Golf. The PG Tour is now, I'm not saying begging, but it's not, you know, it won't be crawling to the negotiating table. But my goodness, if they make a deal with the Saudis, they will get the the really, the, the, a much worse end of the deal than they might have done you know, six months ago, even a year ago. It's, uh, again, I guess we should talk on it, uh, talk about it briefly, Jeff. Uh, Jay Monaghan, the leadership of the PGA Tour, I heard on the grapevine that, uh, and I saw, I think I saw it reported somewhere, but um, that, that, that Jimmy Dunn is is semi seclusion at this stage. You know, um, not you know, not in disgrace or anything, but uh, his um, his stature amongst the, the circle in the circles in which he moves has has been greatly diminished. Um, he so he's off the playing field. I don't know where, where Ed Terley he is, but my goodness, Jim Monahan is still there. It's it's. I mean. Yeah, it's astonishing. It's just I'm I'm uh, almost speechless. I mean, they're reminded of oh, I shouldn't use the analogy, but it's uh, can you um, you know, why is he still there, Jeff? Please explain it to me because because I can't get it. I I, I I'm mystified, and I've heard <laughs> you know from the beginning 
there's been a very uh just very early into jay's tenure a couple things yeah i was very excited about jay i thought he was more of a golf person i spoke about it on the old uh, shack house uh, podcast many times about i I thought he was going to be kind of the the adam silver i of course i thought rob manfred was going to be a great baseball commissioner and he's a he's a fraud uh and and condones cheating but um jay Early on, uh, of course, I had some chats with him about the distance topic and uh, gambling, and 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 I I realized then he was in just remarkably naive about um, how these things could 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 play out, and I was a little bit shocked uh, because his predecessor was the opposite. He was uh, obsessive about trying to imagine how things would play out to the point he was just obsessively controlling and 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 almost neurotic about projecting a certain kind of imagery to the point he he, he allowed slow play to go on because he didn't want to penalize anybody and nobody none of the rules officials felt safe to ever you know enforce the rules uh jay was the opposite and and then the other thing i heard going on early on was just and throughout his tenure there have been all these little executive shuffles and people getting moved to other jobs and you know i'd say to somebody oh uh is so and so still? Oh no, they Jay moved him over to this area and that, and and so yeah, there's just been this weird. Um, and even we learned this week on the distance thing that you know they have some Tyler Dennis. That's been his. He's overseeing that. Uh, he used to, you know, he interned at the USGA. He's the the rule expert inside the building, and now you know it's uh, it's the VP of international relations is is sending. Uh, you know, this is is. Uh, conducting the Titleist campaign uh, on, on the distance stuff. So there's just people moving around. Uh, Ron Cross, of course, was was uh, moved quickly to different jobs and thrown in some corner office. And that that instability and that weirdness, I, I know there are leaders who think that's a great way to keep people on their toe and, and toes and keep them uh, uh, fearful. But wow, has it really been exposed them throughout this process? It's just like okay, so no more Jimmy Dunn. Now it's now it's Tiger and Patrick Cantlay and whoever, and it's just exhausting. And through it all, he somehow has remained. And you read the details in that Michael Rosenberg piece, which I think the key you may have seen something else, but the key numbers were that essentially he's reporting that the PIF had a billion dollars for compensating players who didn't take live money and then he had they they were willing they were looking at a two billion dollar investment beyond that uh and you'd think oh my gosh how did they not um once they had gotten over the moral issues uh what what happened how did you not pounce on that uh and then figure out the rest later so and oh and you see here would have had a board seat and uh yeah, yeah, it just it's just like the situation back with the Premier Golf League where Jay didn't take the meeting. Had he taken the meeting, the Saudis probably stay in the background as a as one of the main investors of that or whatever. Let's listen to the team concept, let's listen to what you have. Maybe there's something here and you know, when you just don't even take the meeting, uh with with and that was with andy gardner and friends uh, yeah i just you know that alone should have been the end and and here yeah. we are all this time later and it, it it just keeps getting worse and and disastrous frankly i i just um, i'm i'm at a loss to understand what the and 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 you know i'm sympathetic to his his situation of dealing with you know he's got an asylum in, of inmates here he's trying to this has always been the challenge of professional golf and tim fincham had that had that, you know, it's, and I made the horrible analogy. I know I should do better, but it was like Saddam Hussein, who kept who kept the various whack job factions in their place. And then when we got rid of them, well, they all were kind of freed up. And again, terrible analogy. I'm in no way equating terrible. any of those people <laughs> to that horrible man. But the point is that that there is a benefit to a leader that um that that in this situation with so many factions of opinions and needs and and beliefs uh does at the end have a little bit of control over them and he listens to them great that's good that's a big 
you know, Fincham, I don't even know how much he really listened to players or if he did. He oh, he, really, did. he did. He never yeah. absorbed it. Yeah. Uh, so good for Jay being that person. But then he he lost pretty early on that ability to go, well, I've heard you. I've listened to you. But let me tell you why big picture for us, that's a bad idea or I, I can't agree. And, and I just have never sensed that big picture uh, vision. It's just the, the, this, the operation just feels like it's kind of make it up as you go uh, thing. And I think that's really been exposed in this. The uh, You mentioned the piece there by Michael Rosenberg, uh, a great, stunning bit of reporting, uh, SI.com. SI I didn't realize, didn't realize SI did still did some real reporting, but it really does in the world of golf. Uh, hat tip to our pal, uh, Bob Herrick. Um, yeah. I mean, Michael they, Rosenberg's written, they really uh, have. written a piece, uh, written a piece, uh, at si.com thoroughly recommend if you haven't read it already go and read it there's all sorts of goodies in there uh as you say jeff a billion piff offered a billion and called something called an equalization pool to compensate for those those players who had been offered by and i guess piff would have had the paperwork on who was deserving of the money <laughs> nobody would have been able to go in and say well they offered me um so a billion dollars for those players who didn't take who stayed loyal at the pga tour then uh then a $2 billion investment in the PGA Tour. I think part of the problem, according to Rosenberg, was that nobody could agree on what the PGA Tour was worth. I mean, right. it really, I mean, what, 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 is a, what is it? It is worth what anybody says it's worth. Um, but clearly, I, we've spoken about this on countless occasions, Chef, uh, the, that kind of money kicking around and the money that's been uh, quoted from the private uh, equity companies, uh, we, I, I still struggle to find out where the return is. Uh, unless um, you go in as one of these um, uh, asset stripping um, private equity companies, they go in normally, they strip out all the what they consider to be fat, and uh, and then resell the the reconstituted organisation, a reconstituted company uh, for a big profit. But I'd, I, otherwise, it's hard to see where the value is uh, in su such a massive investment. I, I mean, I can see where the the Saudis see where the value is. I mean, they have a yeah. larger project of uh, reconstituting their, their image of uh, building Saudi Saudi Arabia into some kind of uh, larger yep. scale Dubai, um, yep. becoming synonymous with golf, um, taking the game, uh, making the game a more glo global game along the lines of Formula One, uh, what Liberty Media and the people before Bernie Eccleston before that have done with Formula One. Uh, I can see it just about for the Saudis but for a private equity, a U.S.-based private equity company, I I can't see where they they find the value unless it is to asset strip and sell off for parts, uh, in which case it would be an awful idea, right? Uh, for the PGA Tour and for golf, um, do you agree with that? I mean, can you again? We'll revisit it here. Can you see where the value might be in the eyes of a U.S.-based private equity company? Not not to match the, the the dollar figures that are being thrown about. I mean, there's no question there's value in the TPC network of properties. Shotlink has value as a as a service, not just for uh the PGA tour events, but they they release it or rent it or uh to to major championships. Thank God the USGA is on board now and hopefully the RNA will uh, someday get shot link uh, because it's incredible and it's it's uh, it's it's expensive to do, but they make money on it. I think now and uh, uh, it makes the fans more engaged, so that's an asset. Uh, but then I start to run out of things, you know, unless there are elements to the media equation that we uh, and some of the rights fee money that that go uh to the tour now would go into that i don't know how that could split between the profit and non-profit sides so i'm sure there are there are things there it's just that ultimately you're not getting that control of an asset that um that you feel like uh where where a franchise model might grow into something i'm not seeing what that is with the with the PGA tour and what those people will get. Uh, but I, I think we did discuss this already. Uh, you know, they did make clear in that letter, which by the way, Lawrence, in the middle of, as this is rolling out with John Rom, Tiger Woods, yes. for some reason, tweets the letter from last week. I uh, just randomly, it just, it, it's his first tweet since, uh, 
since Sunday of the of the hero, I think, uh, and he just tweets the letter and the thing things are looking up, kind of like wait, 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 we've seen this letter already. But in the letter, they make very clear that uh, they're not going to go with one of those private equities, you know, that that uh, that just just uh, completely pillages the place, uh, which I thought was kind of funny that they they uh, saw the reports. Maybe they were listening to the McKellar pod. And they they already heard us oh, talking but, uh, about that. So, yeah. That was weird. I, I, that was I, I a get, weird move by Tiger. I did not get that one. I mean, or whoever is manning his account. It goes again. It goes to have been drumming, banging this drum for a few weeks now. It goes to the quality of advice that these people are receiving. Uh, it, it's uh, it's just. I mean, it's so third rate. It's it's awful. Um, well, I, yeah, look, the, I we don't know. I mean, it could be they're getting good advice, but it's just the inmates running the asylum, and they all are. <laughs> a little bonkers and they all have different ideas and uh and and some of them are probably there are probably some good ideas in there and all that but there's just different different personalities there's too many of them and yeah they should well, be worrying about their golf game my point is i'm trying to imagine the conversation in which it, it uh, the in which that conversation ended with somebody saying okay tiger press the send button <laughs> yeah in the middle of this, this maelstrom yeah. yesterday so much going on yeah. And the these these Tiger Woods tweets beyond the the ones that don't really matter, but these are kind of precious jewels. It's quite a tool. Tiger tweets something, people pay attention. Yeah. Um, so he tweeted that out yesterday in the middle of this chaos, this maelstrom, and to what end? Why? Uh, it just doesn't. I don't. I can't get the logical chain that leads us to that moment of pressing send. Doesn't make any sense. Doesn't yeah. help. Certainly doesn't help the, their case, Tiger's case. Uh, the other uh, great, again, uh, really, Michael Rosen, kudos. Uh, go, go and his SI story he kind of cements essentially what's been floating around for a while. I think since Rory called him a dick uh, and said that they view the world differently. Patrick Cantley seems to be the main man um, in uh, certainly on the PGA Tour side. Um, when it comes to these negotiations with the equity funds and uh, who knows with um, with um, uh, with uh, the Saudis, I was picturing last night, Jeff. Uh, I was giggling to myself. Um, Yasser Al Rumi and sitting across the negotiating table with Patrick Cantley. I'd be, like, be a bit like Yasser Al Rumi trying to play Patrick Cantley at golf. I mean, my yeah. goodness! Talk about sending a talk about sending a boy to do a man's job. Uh, my goodness, have the again the quality of advice and the lack of self awareness on the PGA Tour side? Are, are you shitting me? You are dealing here with one of the most sophisticated business negotiators in the world. This is a guy who's running, a, I don't know what it is, $75 billion fund. Um, 75? What are you talking about? Well, $750. I don't know what up. the number is. Yeah. But, but, and you're sending, or you're allowing Patrick Cantley to set the tone or set the agenda on your side of that negotiation. It is... I sincerely hope. I mean, I have heard it said that Cantley is essentially a puppet for some other people um, behind the scenes. But again, I wouldn't uh, certainly wouldn't. Um, I wouldn't expand on that because I don't know how much of that is true. But even if if somebody's got a, speaking into Patrick's earpiece during those negotiations, I'm sorry. It's uh, it, as I say, it's sending a boy in to do a man's job. Uh, I don't think did Patrick Cantley uh, uh, ever graduate from UCLA? I don't think he did, Jeff, did he? So it's not like he's got a. Uh, I think he yeah, did. I think, uh, did he, did he didn't sure. leave early. No, I don't yeah. think so. Anyway. But yeah, I don't think the degree matters. The point yeah, is no, that we I know can... you and I speculated that when Rory resigned, that it, that it just had to be, uh, this had to be a big part of the, the problem that, uh, that, that Patrick Cantley was. Uh, having way too much say and we saw it also on the distance topic i mean patrick's very vocal about uh about that and and uh still i believe on the titleist ads i think i heard his uh, monotone on one of those wretched ads they uh they run where it's if the guys are not very good on camera it's almost like there's a yeah. somebody with a gun off to the side of the camera and the way they talk it's just painful but yeah i i it, we knew this was uh this was this had to be at the heart of of Rory's uh, 
fatigue with it all. And uh, I think it's playing out that way. And it's uh, look, we're recording this on Friday. I'm not looking forward to this afternoon. It screams of a Friday news dump. So who knows? This may yeah. all this uh, may, is, is going to change many different ways. But the 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 big thing is that uh, yeah, they've poached Rom, and I think they're going to poach a few more uh, players. And uh, this is now really getting serious in terms of their sustainability as a as a as an enterprise under their current contracts with television networks and uh and their contracts with tournaments yeah uh big 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 problem here i know i know you think that's a little bit of ex- an extreme view uh i i sense but i i i think this is this is really uh uh reached a point of uh this is defcon well i never remember is it defcon one or is it defcon five i think anyway. defcon one is the uh yeah i think <laughs> I defcon one is a uh, yeah yeah it's over uh yeah, I was uh, cooking dinner last night, listening to uh, my chum or your chum, uh, Tron Carter on the Nolan Live. <laughs> did a live show or something. Yeah, they did. And they were basically writing the obituary for the PGA Tour. I'm not sure we're, we're quite there yet. As to a Friday news dump, it has to be if there if there was Jay Monahan stepping down. The only problem then is who would take that job in these circumstances? Who who could come right. in, save the day? Which person would? insert themselves into a situation where they're not both hands tied behind the back, but they are, they've gone from a position of strength uh, to abject weakness. Uh, they're basically going to have to exceed to whatever, if they want to make a deal with the Saudis, they're going to have to exceed to whatever the Saudis want. I mean, I think Yasser is smart enough. Uh, being Yasser and I being especially close, uh, I'm only joking, but I'm, I'm guessing he would uh, be smart enough not to, to, to you know, completely humiliate the PGA Tour, but uh, they will certainly extract the maximum uh, value and impact for whatever deal they were able to to make between the two parties. But as I say, on the PGA Tour side, Monaghan has to go. I mean, Jesus Christ, we've been saying this for months. Uh, he has to go. Uh, nice guy by all accounts. Uh, you, you've actually had some personal deals with him, Jeff. I think you really like him as a guy. But my goodness, uh, again, uh, I think it was Tron or one of his buddies, is this is uh, Monaghan the worst commissioner in the history of professional of any professional sports league? I mean that I mean that was asked lightly, but I mean it's a it's a pretty no uh, no quick. no never. There's well, Carolyn Bivens. Come on, the brand lady. <laughs> That's the worst commissioner in the history of sports. But golf has uh, you know golf does still have the worst in that case. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, Jeff, any names? But, but for let, let, hey, let's just play that yeah. out for a second. Let's so uh, let's say this keeps deteriorating the way it is. Is there a scenario where the 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 PIF just essentially uh, doesn't ball takes it. over the tour? Just 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 starts just puts five billion and takes the assets and 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 starts running it. Is that? I mean, I don't think they ever wanted to really truly run a a tour. Uh, I, I really sense they they would rather the public investment fund would rather be investing money in something and letting the people, the supposed experts, run it. Uh, so that's why I think this is all, you know, so weird even for them. Um, but maybe they things are changing. What? But do you see? Is there a scenario that that's possible? I, I mean, I guess. I mean, if you can get it for five billion, because you could, you can't even buy. Well, you can just barely buy an NFL. Out, but... Well, I know, but you can barely buy an NFL team for for five for five billion. I don't you know can't. what. Uh, li- yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know what uh, Liberty Media paid for Formula One or for whatever proportion they have of Formula One, but it was well north of a uh, five billion. I'm sure. Um, so from that perspective, that would be again, it's a great buy. I mean, you're buying essentially buying a sport. For not uh, for the amount of money you can buy a single franchise in the NFL, that has to be a good deal for for the PIF. However, you are right. I mean, do they really want the trouble of trying to essentially reorganize the entirety of a professional sport? That's a that's a major project um, requiring. Oh my goodness. Lots of lots of additional investment. Clearly, that's right. I I would doubt that. Uh, but I, I, I'm guessing. I mean, for all. For the PIF to, to step in and take a majority share or, or a controlling share of the PGA Tour, somebody's going to have to uh, allow them to do that. And no matter what we say about Jay and and the people who are negotiating on the PGA Tour side, they they have. I mean, they own the asset at this stage. 
So mm. they would have to agree to sell it. I mean, I, I, I mean, it's maybe it becomes it becomes so chronic that they have to do that. But right now, it's definitely not. Uh, there's still a deal to to be made. Uh, it's just a much much worse deal than would have been made six months ago, a year ago, three years ago. I keep going back to that meeting that um, reported in the New York Post, the meeting in the fall of 2019, where where uh, Egon Durbin and Phil Mickelson went in uh, and asked to uh, went into CJ and Ed Herlihy and asked to to buy the essentially buy the fall series, and that's when they were told nothing. We view that anything that not 100% controlled by the PG Tour we view as hostile. That will go down in uh, the the uh, I wouldn't say the epitaph, the business ep- uh, the career epitaph of those on the PGA Tour who had that who had that approach to dealing with uh, interested investors. Just a shocking, shocking attitude with a uh, not predictable, but uh, you know, somewhat predictable outcome. And here we are, yeah. the PGA Tour now essentially fighting for its life. Agreed. Yeah, and that's where we just get to the weird, the weird culture there that that uh, you know I've spoken about a lot and probably uh, had people roll their eyes at, and I think it's kind of playing out now that you have this sort of cult like situation, and and it started, uh, it, it, yeah, it started in the Fincham years probably, uh, or you could even probably go back to Dean Beeman, but but yeah, it started with uh, or in earnest with Fincham, and and it just kind of grew and it grew into this uh, cultish. Uh, a thing that that um, did business in weird ways, and then they had to build the global home. To, they claimed to to attract talent, and uh, it was so maybe they have attracted more uh, talent. But but is there a freedom to speak? Yeah, you go to the conformity doctor to get approved to get hired, and it just starts from there. And it it, it just is. It feels like all of that that weirdness is kind of catching up to them now. And I, that's why I feel like uh, there's a scenario where, where this thing just keeps unraveling more and more. And and it is more of, of a purchase sort of out of the trash heap uh, by the, the PIF, if they just kind of keep, keep uh, eating away at it. Of course, the, the, the PIFs really had trouble themselves keeping executives and having a culture. I mean, look at live and the turnover they've had it, it, it. We kind of forget about it because we don't really want to pay attention to it, but they've had a lot of people come and go. So uh, they've, I, they've, you know, Greg Norman and Greg Norman basically is uh is a mute now. It's like, he's been told, no, don't speak. Don't speak. <laughs> uh, and he's listening. Cause he wants to check, I guess, to keep coming in. Uh, but yeah, he, he shockingly has obeyed. Uh, and only given interviews when, when given the blessing by Yasir. So, uh, that's another part of this that is, uh, is kind of, uh, I mean, it's a, I, it, te- it tells you it's tough to run a golf tour. It's, it's a tough, tough, uh, it's one yeah. thing, you know, for Roger Goodell to manage, uh, 32 owners. Is it 32? I already forgot the number of NFL teams. It's, it's early. Uh, and, uh, and, and, you know, but, and those guys are megalomaniacs, but, they're they're uh he's making the money and and uh but this is you're dealing with so many different constituencies and then the cumbersome nature of putting on a on a golf tournament then again i started watching this show on cnbc about formula one the business of formula one i, I we probably should stop talking about how def- difficult it is to put on on a golf tournament when you look at everything that goes into into putting on an f1 race into the cars uh, into the marketing, oh. into the into the television broadcast. Uh, golf really probably should shut up on how difficult it is when you look at when you look at what they do. But but the beauty of the Formula One and, and what would be the beauty of a global uh, you know a global series of elite golf uh, tournaments is it's a it's a moving roadshow. It's yeah. like the Taylor Swift tour. You have right. your stage set. It's you an pack event. It all into the yeah. It's an event, and you just move the. You move it around, uh, and it comes once every three weeks. Uh, it's, I mean, it's perfect logistically. The logistics are perfect. Once you've worked them out, it's a very easy. It's just r- rinse and repeat, except in a different in a different venue. Uh, my goodness, you, it's, uh, the case for a global yeah. golf tour at this stage is is uh, anyway. It's so yeah. easy to make. It's not worth am, making. By the way, curious. just not very the, quickly. Oh, well, just not to go on, go on. Jam, but I am curious. How the hell did they get everything from Las Vegas to Abu Dhabi in a week and have fun? How'd they do that? Well, did anybody write about no, well, that? That's well, amazing. 
No, no, they have. They have maybe two, maybe three stage sets. Essentially, they have you know. So there'll be there'll be a there'll be an event package stored in in North America. Okay, okay. so it's like when the Stones have package. a stage, they have three stages. The yeah, one that's in uh, Atlanta moves to yeah, I got it. Okay, but what about the cars? And then be, well, the cars are, you know, they're pretty portable. I mean, you're not moving an entire racetrack around. The, the cars are pretty portable. I can't believe we're talking about. Well, I this. just, I just anyway. blew my mind. I couldn't believe I turned on and they had right. a race at Abu Dhabi the week after the big Vegas race. I went, wait a yeah, second, they're, how they're, the hell did they get so all that? There will be an event package in okay. the Asia Pacific region, an event package in the European region, and okay. an event package in the North American region. By the way, just okay. a quick note: Liberty Media bought sixty percent or sixty-three point four percent of the Formula One in two thousand sixteen for four uh, four point four billion. My goodness, what a return they've had on their uh, investment! Partly through yeah. good management, partly through great marketing, the Netflix documentary. Yep. Um, I have no idea what the valuation is now, but uh, that was a $4.4 billion in 2016. Probably seemed like a lot, lot of money at the time, and now it's really not. Um, Remind me, which bidder, are, which group were they uh, part of on the tour group? I've lost track. Were they part of the Acorn? Uh, God knows. Yeah, no, they, yeah. No, no. Oh, actually, I should no. mention that. One other piece of reporting, uh, I'm not going to name, but if you want to know what XL are telling journalists, go and read that. Uh, go to Barstool Sports. Um, <laughs> that uh, <laughs> that Acorn, uh, I can't remember the full name, Acorn companies you know, are the favoured, uh, I'm guessing are the favoured bidder amongst a certain faction, allegedly within the PGA Tour group. Um, I'm guessing that will be the Steiny um, Tiger Group. Uh, Acorn, mm. uh, for those who are keeping score, they are the Oklahoma-based investors in, uh, seems like, um, laser technology, military technology. I, I can't, I, we made fun of this a few weeks ago, Jeff. I have no idea what the synergy is between Acorn companies' investments and the PGA Tour. They, yeah. uh, I, I haven't had, well, I tried this and then I forgot, I forgot we actually had a podcast to record, but I was trying to see, trying to get some kind of read on their history as a, as a private equity investor, if they are one of these ver, uh, voracious outfits or, or what they are so far, yeah. the furthest I've got is that they invest in main investments are in military technology. So we'll take make of that what you will. I guess we should leave this, uh, Jeff. Uh, for until this afternoon when we recorded our third emergency <laughs> podcast of the week. Uh, After uh, when we, Shohei Otani uh, signs with the Dodgers. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, he could sign the way, with I the Giants. Did, <sighs> yeah. I, 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 did, I did note your Rob Manfred rant there. I mean, uh, probably nobody a, else listening to a, this did. Uh, what and a I tool. Uh, there's nothing wrong with the, the, the Houston tool. Astros. Um, oh, jeez. Nothing wrong with the Houston Astros cheating to beat the LA Dodgers. I think that was perfectly acceptable. Uh, Jeff, hey, I, <laughs> I just got to ask you quickly. You went and played golf yesterday. Was there any talk at the golf course of uh, people getting ready to, uh, you know, just try and enjoy the last few years before they lose three yards off the tee? <laughs> None whatsoever. In fact, I'm glad you brought that up. There was a general confusion. Nobody and p good golfers actually. There was a couple of good, really good players there, and there was a general confusion about what actually was happening. Uh, whether or not they were playing a bifurcated ball, or uh, I had to step in with my superior knowledge, Jeff. <laughs> no, anyway, no, good, good, good question. But general confusion. Nobody really under, understood what was happening and. Uh, hmm. You know, and once you kind of mention that it's not going to be happening for, uh, you know, 20, <laughs> 20, 30, 20, 30. There was nobody, suffice to say, nobody left the golf course to run a golf mart and buy up whatever stocks there were of the, mm. the latest edition of the Pro V1. So, no, uh, it hasn't really penetrated through to, uh, you know, the consumer level yet. Um, I guess as we get closer, maybe people will start paying more attention. Anyway, yeah. we will leave it at that, Jeff. Um, until as I say, until this afternoon when uh, Jay Monahan comes out and uh, announces he's stepping down. And uh, yeah, give me a name, actually, Jeff. Give me a, a serious proposal for a PGA Ooh, Tour Commissioner. That's a tough one. Uh, well, I mean, Mike Wan had a fantastic showing on the uh, on the Golf Channel the answer. other day. Uh, just uh, just fantastic on the distance stuff. And 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 we know that's this is not his favorite topic. He's not as passionate about this as he is about other things in golf. And uh, he sold it beautifully. 
the honesty, uh, some nice, I, I enjoy, of course, the occasional uh, uh, hints of just utter disdain for all the whining <laughs> about stuff. The, there was a great quote that I, I was kind of surprised more of the, the, the kids didn't pick up on where uh, he, he just said, we were playing a U.S. Open before there were pre- professional tours. It was it was it was like when Mo Green lost it with Michael Corleone. Uh, I was I was running this town and you were going out with cheerleaders and it was beautiful. Yeah, so right. uh, he's certainly somebody. Um you know, the WNBA commissioner uh, is on the USGA executive committee. There there are people, Lawrence, who will, you know how it works in the executive world. There's their egos and somebody will say, I can, I can do this and uh, I can, I can manage these lunatics. And uh, there will, there will be people interested in the job. I think there probably are some uh, ex-CEOs who are bored and like golf. Uh, I know there are plenty of those. I mean, look, Seth Watt took the PGA of America job. So there are people out there who I think uh, they love a challenge and, and uh, they will, they will, they'll, they'll, they'll get some quality people interested if, if the job opens up, I, I just don't yeah. know uh, who, who's manning that search. Who's who would make the decision first to, to push Jay out all that stuff. So we'll just see what happens, but uh, I, I, I think they'll, there will be names and, and interesting people who who come forward. Okay, I'll, I'll stick with Mike one. I think the quote was, I was making my bones while you were banging cheerleaders. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to keep it a little, you know, cleaner. But, you know. Anyway, okay, we'll leave on. Uh, it's been, it's been on it. cable uh, lately. And, of course, every time I I look at the guide, I go, oh, I, go, I always go over and start watching and – I mean, Al Pacino is just unbelievable in that movie. He right. is just unbelievable. Anyway, right. Let's shut. Let's. But it's let's a great. By down. the way, okay. it's a great study in in uh, in business. These these uh, business geniuses on the tour should watch The Godfather. They might learn some things other than the revenge killing part. Okay. Right, Jeff Shackelford. Talk to you later. All the best. Bye. Thanks, Lawrence.